As a writer based in Romania for Lonely Planet, Life Patterson has ventured into the rural outposts of Transylvania and Wallachia. That's where Prince Vlad Dracula ruled in the 15th century, and it's where Life was surprised to learn that the inspiration for Bram Stoker's infamous character is actually regarded as a national hero. He writes about him in Backpacking with Dracula, on the trail of Vlad the Impaler and the vampire he inspired. Life, welcome to Travel with Rick Steves. Thank you. So we have this historic character, Vlad Tepish, or, or Vlad Dracula, nicknamed Vlad the Impaler, and then there's the romantic character, Dracula, from the Bram Stoker book. Who, who is who? Who's real, and, and what's the story here? Well, Vlad Dracula was a 15th century prince in Wallachia, today's Romania, and he was prince of Wallachia during a very challenging time. The Ottomans were encroaching from the south, and the Hungarian Empire was coming in from the, the north and the west and uh, they were just kind of like a little tiny grape waiting to be squashed and uh, Vlad rather than allow himself to be squashed he he went on the offensive Uh, he managed to broker an agreement with the Hungarians and then he went after the Ottomans and literally scared them away by impaling people and yes (laughs) did he drink their blood after Dracula died, there was a lot of writing about this guy. You know, he would, even for a violence, very different time, the 15th, he was notably sadistic. And so writers from Germany and Russia, you know, far off, and decades after he mm. died, they'd be writing these tales about him, and they embellished quite a bit. He is guilty of a lot of terrible things, but he was never known to be cannibalistic. Okay, so this was a time when, when there was brutal tactics. I mean, people would torture each other, and they would cut off their heads and put them on pikes and so on. How was Vlad exceptional? He he was just very creative, for lack of a better word, with killing people. And it was psychological warfare. You know, the Ottoman Empire had his little principality outnumbered three to one. So he took it to another level mm. and, and succeeded. I, he ultimately died, of course, and the Ottomans eventually made it all the way to the gates of Vienna a couple centuries later. Mm-hmm. But while he was alive, he, he was a legend. So you've almost... Um... You've had a more eloquent justification of this cruel, bloodthirsty Vlad the Impaler, ruler of this little country, by just saying, hey, he was squashed between Hungary and the Ottomans, and it was the way he could keep his tribe from becoming wiped out. You wrote in your book some very creative, dirty tricks that he used. I mean, he actually dressed people up with leprosy and the plague and sent them to mingle with the enemy? Yeah, he did that, and it was extremely successful, and it is uh, believed to be the earliest, or one of the earliest known uses of germ warfare. Romania is wide open. It's part of the EU now. It's perhaps the poorest country in the EU, but it's wide open, and traveling there is very straightforward. You don't need a visa or anything like that. You'll find comfortable hotels. It's super affordable. What are the Dracula sites? I mean, a lot of uh, what we think about Dracula is, uh, you know, fanciful, but there's actually honest-to-goodness Dracula sites, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of them have survived. You know, they built things back then to last. And so, uh, for example, his boyhood home in Sigashoral, where he was born and, and lived until he was a toddler, that is still standing. It's a restaurant. And uh, the princely court at Targoviste, where Vlad and his father and his grandfather, that's where their princely court was. And it was a formidable fortress and castle at the time. And large portions of those ruins are still standing. And of course, then there's Dracula's castle, the real Dracula's castle up in the mountains, right at the border where Wallachia connects with 
Transylvania. It was an important pass at the time, and it was strategic. He built a castle there, and ruins of that are still standing. And what's the name of that castle? It's called Poinar. The I at the end is silent. So P-O-E-N-A-R-I. That's Dracula's real castle. And the most popular among tourists of all these sites is Sigashora, which is an amazing little Germanic town nestled in the, in the hills of Transylvania. Bran Castle has the most tourism of any Dracula site. What's with Bran Castle and its association with Vlad the Impaler? Well, as with a lot of things in the 15th century, the details are a little fuzzy. But uh, So there's several different versions of this story, but all of them basically agree that Vlad probably visited there, but didn't spend much time there. And he may have even been briefly imprisoned there. But uh, yes, apart from spending a few nights there, either as a guest or a prisoner, he mm. that, that was the beginning and end of his association with Brown Castle. But wouldn't you say of, of all the money spent on Dracula tourism, maybe half of it is spent at, at Brown Castle? Oh, certainly. It is, you know, on its own is a, an incredible attraction. And, and because of that, certain people kind of maybe overblow the association mm-hmm. with Dracula just to squeeze out a few extra tourist dollars, Dracula t-shirts and whatnot. Yeah, it's beautifully situated castle, but the interior really goes back to the 1920s when it was uh, a getaway for Romania's royal family. It's kind of a rustic country retreat, and it's quite an impressive visit just in that regard. But I would say just finding the Romania of Dracula's time would be a good challenge for the travelers without getting too hung up on the scant remains of places that were directly associated with Dracula. Talk about Romania in the 15th century. Where might we go today to get a sense of of Romania from that age? Well, that is kind of the rub. The The best Dracula, surviving Dracula sites are not in the most traveled areas. So you got to really be, you're going to have to rent a car. You know, Targoviste, Poinar Citadel, those places are not on the tourist trail. It's Braun Castle and then Sigashora where you're going to find all the tourists. And, and those are great, but those... Uh, you know, again, Dracula moved away from Sigashore when he was three, and he only temporarily stayed at Brown Castle. If you want to get into some real Dracula stuff, you have to get in a car and, and, and really just go for it. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking with Life Pedersen. Life's book is Backpacking with Dracula on the trail of Vlad the Impaler and the vampire that he inspired. So explain the connection, Life, please, uh, between the historic Vlad Dracula and the Dracula that came out of Bram Stoker's uh, book? Well, there is some debate about that. For a long time, it was believed that Bram Stoker studied Vlad Tepes, Vlad Dracula closely and modeled his vampire monster after this guy. I mean, if you compare the two, probably Vlad Dracula killed more guys in his lifetime than the vampire. But there's now uh, new evidence that suggests that Bram may not have known so much about Dracula. I mean, obviously, he saw the name and, and quite happily adapted it. But there's some argument that he just knew a passing amount about the prince and instead based his vampire on previous characteristics of vampires. You know, vampire storytelling at the time was very popular. So Bram Stoker was just kind of dredging through different legends and scary stories from that region in the Middle Ages and not necessarily based on one character. Yeah, there's theories that he, he... built the character of Count Dracula from a num- numerous people that he was hanging out with there in the late 19th century, including his boss. He worked at a theater for 20-something years, and 
the boss of the theater, who was also the lead actor, was this tall, gangly guy with a like a hooked nose and thin, gaunt. And uh, it's believed that he may have been the main inspiration just for Dracula's appearance. And how do the Romanians see him today? He is still considered a national hero. I, there's a TV show called 100 Greatest Romanians, and he's right up there at the top. It, despite mm. all his atrocities, he's considered kind of like a, a, a great combination of Robin Hood and Rambo. You know, he defended Romania in, in an impossible situation. What about vampires, just in general? How, what is the historic basis of the, all the focus on vampires? The vampire superstition, that in all of Eastern Europe, that goes way, way back. There was a time where people believed it was true, and they believed it so much that even the doubters kind of came around, like actual doctors sent from Vienna to investigate stuff going on in Serbia. They, they went home and reported that vampires were a real thing, and they had to start kind of planning for the inevitable vampire horde. And then, of course, storytellers picked that up right away and, and began not only just writing about it for, to make a buck, but kind of embellishing and building on it. Garlic necklaces and this kind of thing, that would all come out of these embellishments of these legends? Yeah, that. And, and a lot of it was based on existing superstitions. What is now Romania and Bulgaria, Serbia, all that they believed vampires were real, and they were successful in convincing actual doctors at the time that, that it was a thing. So it's interesting that we're taking a historic character who, because of circumstances, had to be very vicious and bloody in order to survive between the Hungarians and the Ottomans in the 1400s, and then you've got these legends of vampires, and you have uh, other scare stories from just rattling around, and then you've got a Victorian novelist that weaves it all together— and it really struck a chord with the public. And today, uh, probably half the tourism going to Romania is looking for the Trail of Dracula. Yeah, it's a bit of a sore spot for the Romanians because, you know, having the, one's entire country associated with a fictional character written by a guy who never stepped foot in the country, they, they're, a little, they're a little salty about that. It's, it would be like the, if everyone associated England with the Spice Girls. Ah, that's a very good analogy. Like the beginning and end of your impression in England? Oh, that's where the Spice Girl, okay. And then, then you knew nothing else about it. That's, that's how Romania feels uh, with, the, with the Dracula the situation. All right. Well, then, if there's a reason to go to Romania other than following the little scant track of this uh, vampire Dracula, which is all fictitious, tell us uh, why we should go to Romania. Well, I would, obviously, I would recommend that you follow the trail of the real Vlad Dracula, Vlad the Impaler. He was, he was a character, uh, just put it lightly. But Romania, you know, Romania is arguably the biggest bang for your buck right now in Europe, and they have so much that, that unfortunately, the tourism ministry hasn't done a very good job of, mm -hmm. of really marketing it well. But Romania is probably, of, and I've been all over Europe, it's probably the most serendipitous, just spontaneous place to travel. Things, especially if you're in a car on your own, you, you come across all these strange and wonderful things, especially in the small villages. And then when you interact with these folks, they are very happy to just chit chat with you and talk and they'll bring you into their homes and, and feed you their homemade plum brandy and, and whatever they happen to have on the stove. There's always something cooking and they send you off and it's just, they wanted to hang out with you for a while. That's it. Life, thanks for sharing with us a, a better understanding of uh, Dracula and of his home country, Romania. And thanks for your book, Backpacking with Dracula, and happy travels. Thank you for having me. Rick Steves teaches smart European travel. 
At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours of Europe's top sites, and a world of information to help turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. Begin your next trip at ricksteves.com.